welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello, and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode 183, for Saturday the 11th of January 2020. Coming up this week, we're back to the weekly diaries and I'll be bringing you right up to date with everything that's happened in the past seven days. Just in case you thought my rapid releases ended in November, I set loose another book in the world this week. Truth Be Told was released on Monday. I've hit a personal pre-sales record too. I'll let you know the final count. And I'll tell you how the planning is going on my first fiction book of 2020. So welcome to this week's diary. It's nice to be back to the weekly episodes. Uh, last week's update was so long and apologies for that you might not have caught up with it yet so just in case you missed it the key points that you need to know to keep up with the plots with this podcast diary are that I'm stopping the day job to take my BBC pension in March my main activities from that point are going to be writing and podcasting so I'll be writing fiction and non-fiction from now on Uh, We're planning to go to Spain from November the 1st to March the 30th. If you just tweak that date, we're going to keep it in the safe Brexit zone. So November the 1st to March 31st. And I intend to pay for it. I don't think I told you this last week. I intend to pay for that with booking income. Now, it's not dependent on that, but I will be paying for it with book income. Uh, That's what I aim to pay for it with. I told you that I want to take some tangible benefits from my writing business now. And that is the first one that I'm going to take. Five months in Spain paid for by books. So uh, I didn't mention that last week, but I'll mention it to you now. Um, The other thing you need to be up to date with is that the podcast is renewed until episode 200. That takes me to May the 9th. After that, I'm moving to seasons and I'll renew the podcast in seasons. I'll let you know at the end of one season how long we're renewing the next one for or if we're taking a short break so that you always know where you are. That just allows me to take some breaks, uh, but also it gives me a little bit more flexibility around my new working life. And then to bring you right up to date, between now and March, I'm writing a literary non uh, literary fiction sci-fi book and it may never see the light of day because it's quite a challenge it's called end of men i also intend to write a non-fiction book this quarter and i'm hoping to be able to record the audio myself so that's all the key points that came out of that three-hour episode last week now there was slightly more to it than that i hope you'll agree but just in case you missed it that brings you right up to date in terms of plot points so let's get on with this week's news No writing this week because I've been planning End of Men. And this is the book that I mentioned to you a moment or two ago. So End of Men is going to be a 90 to 100,000 word fiction, literary, sci-fi novel. And it's an idea that's been kicking around in my head for a long time now. And because we're aiming to go to Spain, I want my book income to pay for Spain. I don't want to be running up any new editing or book cover costs until that's done. I want it only to be income. I don't want any outgoings uh, at the first part of this year. So for the first nine months of this year, I mean, I may um, if I hit it with a book bow earlier, then that'll be fine. But um, I'm anticipating to take uh, nine months to make sure that that Spain money gets earned. So I'm going to take that income out of the writing business um, to, to pay for Spain. Now, as I say, it's not dependent upon that, but I want the writing business to start paying for some tangible benefits now. So End of Men is a literary sci-fi book that I'm going to write. It doesn't have a publication date. I've got no sequence for it. I'm literally going to get the first draft written 
It's probably going to sit in a desk for a little while after that. And I will take my time with it and it will be ready when it's ready. Also, it may be rubbish. So it may never see the light of day because it's quite a stretch and quite a challenge for me. So um, it is literally, I guess, uh, a personal project. Now, my aim, my intention is to do something with it. But there's no, as, as before Christmas, you know that I could tell you when a book had to be written by, when it had to be edited by, when it had to be live by. There's none of that with this book. It has no, nothing is penciled in for it other than to get the thing written in the first instance and to see what we've got, to see if we've got something usable. So I think I previously told you I was going to start writing on Thursday the 16th of January but because I've had to shuffle my schedule slightly so I was originally going to finish work at the end of December I, I bumped that because my replacement hasn't been put in place yet so I said I'll hang on to the end of January and if I need to I'll hang on and work through February but because I've got some uh, a holiday booked in, in Amsterdam in February, that would actually, to get the full month in, I would just work till March the 4th. So um, I don't know whether I'm working till March the 4th yet, but I got two leave dates. Number one will be the end of January. The latest leave date will be the 4th of March. So there's a little bit of flexibility around what I'm doing in terms of writing. But essentially, I've just budgeted to write fiction on Thursdays and Fridays, which is always my preferred way of doing my fiction writing. So because I've made a couple of little tweaks, I'm now going to start writing End of Men on Friday the 17th of January, which is next Friday. So just a minor tweak of one day. So this week I have been planning that novel and it pans out at 54 chapters. It requires 54 chapters to write that book the way that I write my books. So this week I have been planning out those 54 chapters and in the past hour uh, I've got all 54 chapters now planned for that book. Now I started working on the planning last weekend and when I when I plan the books I kind of just sit there with numbers 1 to 54 and then come up with the story and I wasn't getting on very well with that so what I decided to do because you know what I'm like with targets I like to have targets so I set myself some targets to do that and I broke it up into manageable chunks. So at the weekend, I, um, I've lost my piece of paper now, but I think I did something like uh, 10 chapters one day, 10 chapters uh, another day. Then every evening this week, I've done just come up with two chapters at night after a day's work. And then I did another, uh, was it, uh, you know, another 10 maybe yesterday, 10 today. Does that all add up? I think that's about 54, isn't it? It pretty well gets there. Um, so I, I carved it up. So that I wasn't just sitting there potentially having to think of 30 scenes. It was easier for me to say, right, let's get the first 10 done and then I'll have a break. And then let's get the next 10 done. Let's have a break. So over the past week, I have managed to come up with those 54 scenes. Now, it is a, you know, it's a fairly loose skeleton of a schedule at the moment. And it's going to change substantially. There is world building that needs to take place around there. So I've often used fairly poor names for things that I need to come up with better names for. But it just allows me to write a first draft and get on with it. I've got all the characters cast. Incidentally, I'm using uh, Novel Factory. You know I've used that for years to do my planning. I'm actually using the Novel Factory online version now. So that's all been done in the Novel Factory online. And I'm ready to start uh, writing now. Now, uh, uh, I'll basically what I'll do is I've got another... I'm not going to start writing till next Friday which means that over this weekend 
and over the, the the evenings of next week I'm going to go through that plan now I've got now I know the shape of it and I'm going to go through that plan and I will add bits and take bits and refine bits now I've got the whole story and I know where it's heading and so by the time we hit next Friday I should be ready to write the first 5,000 words and you'll be first to hear because when I've written those 5,000 words which I will have done touch wood um, I'll tell you all about it in next week's diary so um, I'm feeling pleased with myself about that because um, I thought it was going to be quite a struggle. It is a, it's a different kind of book from what I usually write. Um, but I, I, I've got a story. I have a story there now that gets me from beginning, middle to end. Incidentally, dare I say it, I also at the end of that plan put the shape of book two and book three if I turned it into a trilogy so it's conceived as a standalone but will easily make a trilogy if I had any success with it now the aim of this book is to get those 90 to 100,000 words written I start writing on Friday the 17th of January it will take me at the uh, currently scheduled rate of writing it will take me until the 17th of April to get those words done um, now, because it's a little bit flexible about when I finish the three days a week work, if I finish that three days a week work sooner, I might actually get some other writing days in there. But I've scheduled it expecting to finish on the 4th of March. Then I've got loads of stuff coming up in March. So I, I won't get an awful lot done during March. And then after April, we'll get into probably the new routine the new working routine without having to go in three days a week so um I, i've just fixed thursdays and fridays those are my preferred writing days you know my wife goes out the door i start writing and, and then it feeds into the diary nicely so fiction is getting written on thursdays and fridays in between next week and and april so very happy to have that underway can't wait to start writing really pleased that it came together easier than it did and also this sunday I, I'm going to start work on my non-fiction book. So I'm going to be writing Thursday, Friday fiction, Sunday non-fiction. And those, both of those projects may spill into other days, depending on how things work out with, with the new working arrangements. But this is what I've got scheduled in. So on Sunday, I'm going to sit down and start planning out my podcasting book. And that process is completely different from fiction. It's so much easier to plan non-fiction because all it is is a brain dump effectively. And everything I know about podcasts, I've got to put into a book and order it in some logical way. So I will start doing that by coming up with the main themes of the book, which would be something like, why do you podcast? What is a podcast? Um, what you need to think about before you podcast. That's the first three chapters. Getting started with podcasts, podcast software, recording software, planning your podcast, formats of podcasts. All of those are going to be chapter headings and then each of those chapter headings will have subheadings so on Sunday by the by close of play Sunday I hope to have a document that has all the main headings in and all the subheadings and then all I've got to do is just turn up and fill in the gaps is just write everything I know to fill in the gaps between the subheadings and that will give me a non-fiction book and notionally I think my non-fiction books when I wrote the last seven that I did a couple of years ago they were about 20 25,000 words it's about right for a non-fiction book I think so it won't take me anywhere near as long to write that book and the other thing about a non-fiction book is it's the sort of thing you can say oh, I've got half an hour spare I'll just sit and write a section in a non-fiction book it's not like a fiction book when I write fiction, I very much have to get into the zone and sit down and, and it's a different thought process for me entirely, whereas non-fiction is completely, uh, it's almost a drag in many respects in that I got all these 
all this knowledge in my head and uh, and I got to get it out in some coherent form and it's almost frustrating in many respects because I wish I could just sort of dump the information onto a page and, and let it organize itself so I, I do find the processes uh, very different I actually enjoy writing fiction more than non-fiction but non-fiction is easier than fiction bizarrely so um, I, I'm not sort of worried about this process at all and having written this book of course you know that I want to then record it create my own audio and then I want to start selling audiobooks. Now, one of the things I did decide when I was thinking about what I'm going to do going forward after the rapid release project is I applied a bit of, is it Marie Kondo, this lady who does the minimalism stuff? Um, I asked if the things that I was going to do going forward bring me joy or not. And so I'm only going to be doing things that bring me joy. And that is basically writing and podcasting. That's, that's all I'm going to be doing. That also ties into this concept of the one thing. But it would make every sense in the world, if I'm doing non-fiction books, to have a course, a teachable course to sell. But I've decided not to do that. Not because I, I love teaching. I love doing webinars. I love doing online training. I really enjoy that bit. But unfortunately, I hate the support that comes with it. I just can't be bothered with the support. So I'm not going to be doing any courses around it, even though that would be the most sensible thing on earth. Now, I would consider going back to the training materials again, if I was in the kind of happy financial situation where I could take on a VA and I could just hand that over to a VA and say, there you go, just deal with that, will you? you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to deal with the support. I don't want to ever see any support tickets ever again. Just, just deal with them for me. Um, so support is the reason that I'm not going to ramp those nonfiction projects up and build courses around them, even though it's leaving money on the table, even though I should, I just hate support so much. <laughs> so, so, you know, it, it won't bring me pleasure. So when I, when I, you know, happily getting on and then this support ticket comes in and somebody needs some help with something, it really agitates me. It really, you know, I, I'm a, because I'm a planner, I like to control things. And the problem with support tickets is they can come in any time of day and night and you have to drop everything. It's like a phone ringing. You know, you're expected to drop everything and deal with it. And it really just doesn't suit the way I'm wired doing support. So I would come back to it um, very keenly because I love doing the production, the showbiz side of it, but I am not dealing with support ever again. I don't want to deal with that. So um, that's why I've decided not to add courses to that. So I start planning the podcast book on Sunday. And then um, again, I'm not really quite sure how the things are going to pan out, but I have allocated Sundays through till the end of the quarter. So I've got Sundays allocated for that until the 29th of March. And I'll have to get up. Um, I don't think it will take me forever to write the book. But it might, I'm not quite sure how long it's going to take me to record it yet. So um, I've got to leave the powder dry on that. And I'll get a sense of how long it takes me to record it. And in actual fact, you know, I, I may start recording and just say, oh, I can't be bothered <laughs> and give up with the audio book or maybe um, do a deal share with somebody else and get them to do the recording. And, um, you know, I know I know having done so much radio and recorded documentaries and things like that, that it does take quite a long time to do this stuff. And uh, again, it, it may be one of those things that I decide that actually uh, I need to have the money to sit in a studio, that I'm happy to put the voice on it, but I do not want to be messing around doing all the editing and all of that sort of stuff with it. So so we'll see, we'll see. Uh, but that's the plan anyway for the first quarter. I will certainly start recording it. Whether I will finish recording it, I'll let you know. And by the way, if I do end up recording that as an audio book, I will put photographs up and explain to you how I'm doing it because this 
office that I work in, um, I've got, uh, I did get audio foam cut for the window and I've got carpets on the floor so that it, I can make it sound uh, more like an audio booth with no echo in it. But obviously I wouldn't use this. I don't know whether you can hear my chair. I can't, can you hear my creaky chair? I won't use the creaky chair. And I might also, if I record, I would put my script onto a Kindle so you can't hear me turning pages. And also I would probably stand um, it's a technique that a lot of uh, disc jockeys use on the radio. Uh, you stand when you're recording because it just gives you your voice more energy. You're not all slumped in a seat. Um, it just makes it kind of sound, the delivery sound better. So there's all those sorts of things that I will try doing if we get to the audio. And I will share those with you on this audio diary and let you know kind of how it's done. And if it's successful, of course. So uh, that's what I'm up to with kind of writing and planning. This time next week, I should be back to the writing. Now, I did say to you, if you did manage to listen to that bumper episode last week, I did say to you, look, it's not retirement. It's just a change. It's just a, a change that allows me more flexibility and I will not uh, be stopping working. Definitely not stopping working. Uh, so hopefully you'll get a sense from the work that I've done this week that I'm not slowing down at all because I have worked through over the last seven days my edit of Friends Who Lie and that's either going to get edited well it'll probably get uploaded to Amazon tonight actually after I've finished this uh, podcast it'll probably sort of job I could do when I'm listening through and checking the audio so um, if you remember uh, Friends Who Lie started out life as who to trust I um, Helen Fassar wasn't available to edit it at the time uh, so I needed to release it so I got it proofread and I checked it many times so I was happy for it to be released but I always wanted it to go through an editor and so I commissioned Helen Fazal to do So Many Lies and Friends and Who to Trust last year she did Who to Trust at the end of the year uh, she gave it to me before Christmas it's taken me this long to get to my final edit of it and so that has now been properly edited and I've just done my final check of it and it's now ready to upload to Amazon um, either tonight or tomorrow. Um, so that's another book done. Now, just to let you know what I might do with this book, you know that I've taken so many lies and two years after they're getting a review and I'm going to re-release those so that Sarah Hardy could do a blog tour for me so we can try and get some decent reviews on them. So I might do the same with Friends Who Lie later on. Um, I've actually, before it comes out of KDP Select, I've just put it up, up for a, a a free promo just for five days from Monday to Friday next week, really, because it, ha it has no reviews on it. I've made sales with it. I just haven't got reviews on it. Um, and so just to try and get some reviews on it. So I at least get some reader feedback on it. And then I will probably take it off sale and I will probably come back to it one more time, one last revision from me. And then I might say to Sarah, but it need to be about June time, really. Can we put this through a blog tour and I'll re-release it, try and get some proper reviews on it, just to give it a proper head start? Because there's nothing worse than looking at a book and, and with no reviews on. You're selling copies, you're just not getting reviews on them, which is frustrating. So that's edited now. On Monday, I start work on two years after. So two years after, I'm just now reviewing. These are all written, released, edited, um, you know, very fast last year. I'm just coming back to it. Now I've got more time to sit over it just to see whether I want to make any tweaks and changes. I don't think there'll be anything major structural. As I said to you last week, I am considering whether to change the ending. It has got a very dark ending, but um, you know, I've got, I think I've got another couple of five stars this, this week in the States and the UK. You know, those who love it, love it. Those who hate it, hate it. So I am dithering a little bit about that, but I will give it a full review from, uh, next week. And, um, interestingly, that is my best selling book at the moment. Would you believe I'm selling a lot of copies of two years after at the moment? 
um, which is fascinating, isn't it? Um, it you know, it, the sales numbers, it's my highest selling book this week. So I really don't know what to make of two years after yes. It might be too early to make a judgment, but it, it's going to get that revision anyway, because there was one of the a very articulate one star review where I did uphold a couple of the comments where I thought, yeah, that's fair enough. I am, I am going to look at that again. But really, it's the ending. Am I going to keep to the ending? Am I going to write a, maybe a more acceptable traditional ending and then leave the the original ending as a director's cut? Not sure yet. I'm not sure. And I might actually just go through the exercise of writing a different ending for it anyway and, and see what I think of it. You know, because um, everything right up to the final scene is fine. Um, I don't have to change anything structurally. I could just literally change the way the wind blows at the end of the story. So it's not a huge amount of work to do. Anyhow, I've got two years after penciled in for the next two to three weeks um, to revamp that, to give it a review, but it won't take an awful lot of work. And as I said, there's nothing major or structural in there. So I released Truth Be Told on Monday. Again, if you thought that I was retiring, I definitely am not, because I'm going to tell you about another book release shortly as well. But Truth Be Told was released on Monday. And I was very pleased because we got, a, a rec- for me, we got a record number of pre-sales. We got 174 pre-sales on that book. Now, my previous record before I started doing rapid release was 87. So we doubled that. We doubled my previous record. This is before I started rapid release. And my record before that, I think it was 118 on two years after, if I remember correctly. But uh, certainly at that level, that is a personal uh, record for me. Let me just have a quick look at my pre-orders, make sure that's right. Yeah, 118. So 118 was my previous record. So we've not only beaten the, the my record during rapid release, we've beaten my pre-rapid release record. So, um, you know, it's not going to change the world, is it? But at least we're moving things on. Things are getting better. Now, I was eligible to submit Left for Dead to BookBub on Monday, but I changed my mind about that, and I'll tell you why I did that. Now, again, if you were listening to last week's long diary, I said that one of the things I'm considering is moving the business to a limited company um, from when I kind of start taking my pension, and that's because it gives me more control over how I take my income how I manage my money in future. Now, when I went back to three-day-a-week working, back to salary, I came off limited company and went back to sole trader. So it would literally be putting things back as they were. So I'm currently thinking about that. But one of the realizations I had when I was looking at my profit and loss for this uh, tax year so far is that I don't, if I get a book bub on Left for Dead, I don't really want to be taking that income in this tax year. I want to take it in the next tax year. So when I submit to book bub, usually what happens is you submit, it takes a couple of days, you get a book bub, and then they might, it might be scheduled from a week to, to, to two weeks from that point. And if that, if I'd have done that this week, then that book bub would have run before the end of January. I'd have had a lot of um, sales and activity before the end of January, and I would have been paid for that by the end of March, and that would have gone into this tax year. So I'm not going to submit left to dead until I could be sure that when the money comes in, I won't be paid it until uh, April 2020, 2020. 
Now, of course, what may happen when I submit to BookBub is they might not take me for months and they might not take me at all. So I always run that risk. But I, I just need to do a little bit of management around the tax year at the moment. Now, I'm considering I'm looking at something called crunch. Now, I don't think you'll have seen this if you live elsewhere in the world. But if you live in the UK, you probably will have heard or seen crunch. And that's what I'm considering at the moment. It's a kind of cross between me managing my own accounts, which I really prefer to do, and having an accountant on the, the case. Now, my accounts are not complicated. I don't think at all. So uh, I don't. You don't really need an accountant in terms of complication. Um, but obviously, if you're a limited company, you you things are slightly different in the way you file your accounts. And what Crunch does is it not only gives you the software to manage it, like I am doing now, but you also have accounts experts who can then just guide you through submissions and, and queries that you've got. So you've got the best of both worlds, really, and it's less money than an accountant too. So if you've got any experience of using Crunch, um, good or bad, uh, I'd appreciate it if you let me know because I've pretty well got three months to make my mind up about this, whether I'm going limited or whether I'm staying as a sole trader for the next tax year. I've also had to postpone submitting the Grid 1 to BookBub because the Secret Bunker has got its promo on the 14th of January. My understanding of the rules is that because the Secret Bunker is under the same author name as the grid, then I need to give it a month clear of that promo because I've had I've been accepted for one of my trilogies. So the secret bunker goes on the 14th of January. My understanding of the rules is, is that I'd have to give it a, a month from that promo. So I've rescheduled the grid one to put it in for a book bub on the 14th of February, which is Valentine's Day. And of course, uh, that income will come in the next tax year if they were to give me a book bub. Now, I'm not expecting the income from the secret bunker to be huge, not this current promo. It'll cover its costs and it'll be in, in profit, but it won't be huge. Um, number one, because it's the second time I've done it. Number two, because they're promoting it in the horror genre. I would much rather it was in the sci-fi genre where I think it will do much better, but I, I have to accept what book bub tells me on that. So I think it would make more money if it was in sci-fi. Um, so, so, you know, we'll see. Um, two things there that I, th I think will affect it. And also you don't, you just don't earn as much money in that category. So if I'm lucky, it'll like make one to two thousand. It'll be nice for cash flow, but it isn't going to change the world. But I'll, I'll give you an indication as to how well that goes next week. It is, by the way, listed wide. So at least we'll get some activity on Kobo and Google and uh, all the other ones as well that I can't remember. Apple. Apple, it usually does pretty well in, actually. It did very well in Apple last time, which was quite a surprise for me. Uh, this week, I've also published all three paperbacks in my Morecambe Bay trilogy. Um, I think I said to you last week that I'd sent the all the dimensions and the spine sizes off to Elizabeth Mackey, who did the original designs. And they were literally waiting for me on the Saturday morning. She did them really fast and they were right first time. So... Uh, I, I've I've received the proof copies already this week. Isn't it good now you can get them, you know, dispatched quicker? You used to have to get them dispatched from the states, but now all the books are, are out of Create Space and in KDP. It's great. Um, the books are here within a couple of days. So I've got three paperbacks sitting to my right hand side here. I just need to go through them to check that there are no um, formatting or display problems on there. I don't expect them to be because you, when you do them in vellum, you can see exactly what you've got. But I will obviously just give them a final check and sign them off. Um, but there are a couple of reasons for getting those paperbacks done I would want to have the paperbacks if I'm doing a bookbub promo I want to have every single permutation 
available when I'm getting that amount of promotion and traffic. So I, I need them ready for when we do the book bub. Uh, but also strategically, I'm hoping to be able to discuss the books at the Morecambe and Vice event, which takes place in Morecambe, which is a seaside town about an hour's drive away from where I live. And I, you know, I believe they'd make a, a good inclusion on that festival for a couple of reasons number one the festival is set in Morecambe my books are set in Morecambe number two it's a crime and thriller festival and I'm a crime and thriller author so I hope they're a good fit I've currently got a contact um, putting out feelers for me at the moment and if I get a bite there I will send the paperbacks to the organizers uh, with the hope that they will uh, give me a slot at Morecambe and Vice in September now at the moment it's looking a little bit dodgy for the event because the Facebook page and the Twitter page haven't been updated for some time and the website has disappeared and I know that every year it's pending funding so it does look like they might not have the funding yet or they haven't announced the funding so I'm keeping my fingers crossed that that event goes ahead. So that's all very exciting. I've, I've got another three paperbacks and I've put a photo of those on the show notes for episode 183. It's always extremely exciting to hold the books in my hand. And actually, um, I was surprised at how thick they were. They're 75,000 word books. And if you ever wondered if 75,000 words is enough for a book, um, at five by eight inches, those are pretty thick books. All three of those are pretty thick books. They're very substantial. And you certainly wouldn't moan about um, paying paying uh, for those books. Uh, they're, they're proper, inverted commas, paperbacks. They're you know quite substantial paperbacks. Now, all of my standalone action thrillers, which mean Dead of Night, So Many Lies and One Last Chance, those are now out of KDP Select. They've had their three months in. So if you recall, I started the rapid release at the beginning of September. So now books are dropping out. I've got I've got something dropping out every week now from KDP. From the, uh, and I am dropping them out automatically. And I'll consider um, basically all the trilogies, the thriller trilogies will stay in KDP Select. The standalones I'm, I'm aiming at the moment to take out, but that, that may change in future. So three of those are out. I have unpublished So Many Lies because So Many Lies is going to be one of the books that Sarah Hardy uh, re-releases for me as a blog tour because I want to get some reviews on it. I want to set it up properly with some reviews. So I've, I've taken that off sale now. There's nothing wrong with it. I am going to review it before I give it to Sarah just to give it another check. This is the joy of self-publishing. We can check all this stuff at any stage. I haven't produced the paperback for it yet. So I need to get all of that done and that will be ready for Sarah Um I can't remember when that blog tour is, but that will get a proper blog tour and all the promotion that I got for Left for Dead. And um, so uh, one last chance uh, is remaining listed. It's fine. It's selling books still, uh, but I will probably list that wide. Dead of Night, I've got to make a decision about. I did tell you, I think it was last week that I was going to put Dead of Night as my free sort of lead magnet um, on my thrillers, but I was going to keep it for sale at two ninety nine in the UK and Three ninety nine in the states, but I was listening to Jerry and Lindsay Evanov's podcast, and they have been reading Tammy Lebrecht's email marketing book. And Tammy Lebrecht, I think, very clearly in that book says, "Don't use for your lead magnet a book that's for sale elsewhere." Presumably, because if you find that it's for sale elsewhere, you'll be pretty peeved to find out you could get it for free. So, um, well, that's going to be on the pending tray until I can read Tammy Lebrecht's book and see what her thinking is and justification behind that. So I leave my little rubbishy call to action on my website until I've had time to think about that. Besides, I've, I've got a lot and I'm too busy really to mess around with emails. It's on the, the pending tray. As soon as I finish the three-day-a-week work, these are all the kind of jobs I can start setting to, but um, it's not 
a priority for me at the moment. But so many lies is unpublished. That gets a review. Uh, the version two release will be in April via a Sarah Hardy blog tour. Uh, Dead of Night and One Last Chance are priced now, two ninety nine and three ninety nine. At the moment, they're just on Amazon. They're not in KDP Select, and I will consider about putting them wide. But they will probably go wide, so I can expand my my thriller audience. There's no point in them being, I don't think. There's no point in them being in KDP Select standalones, but very much I want to keep my trilogies in KDP Select because they're easier to sell and I make more money from those. Now, one of the things that I have clocked, um, John Cronshaw has experienced some success recently with um, a, a series of chronicles that he's been writing. He's, he's had a real couple of good income months because he's box setted them. He's got this huge box set which I think he's selling for 99 pence and cents. He's got loads of books in it and he's doing really well on Kindle reads with it. And I, it did occur to me just having a little exchange with John in email form and on social media that I might, before I make those thrillers wide, create a massive box set uh, like, like John's box set and just put it up for 99 pence and cents and see if there's anything to play for with KDP select there. So I, I may just delay those plans to try something to try and replicate what John's done first, because uh, you know John's had a lot of success with that. It's been very interesting because interestingly, he uh, um, you know he was just having normal levels of success with the Chronicle separately, but having put them together in this mega pack, I can't remember how many there are. It's it's one of these huge mega packs, you know, ten, twelve, something like that. Um, and it's selling for 99 pence and cents, but it's really working very well for him on KDP Select. So very interested in that. And I've got enough, um, thrillers now. Uh, I've got two, I could put two trilogies in a box set and then all my standalones. And that's uh, what, another six. That's 12 books. I could put 12 books in a big mega box set at 99 pence and cents. And I'm, you know, the, the, the devil in me is just quite keen to just give that a try. I like to just try everything and to see if we can create a unit, uh, that works really well. Um, on KDP Select. Now I've got to think that through. I have to think about, you know, what's available where, what happens if I get a book bub, all of those sorts of things. So, so for instance, if I got a book bub on Left for Dead, I want to be making my money on books two and three. If I've got this mega box set for 99 pence and cents available, no one's going to buy the higher price books and I'm going to miss out financially on that. So I have a feeling I may have to stage manage the timing of it. The timing would need to be because I want to squeeze as much money out of Left for Dead as I can if I get a book bub. And I need, that means I need to have a price on Circle of Lies and Truth Be Told and, a, and the Walk and Bay trilogy box set. So I've got to make sure I don't shoot myself in the foot with that strategy. So I'm more likely to just leave Left for Dead and One Last Chance just sitting on Amazon, not in KDP Select while I think this through. I don't want to sort of commit myself to anything just yet. It's in the pending pile at the moment. I had one of my Paul Teague Doe moments uh, this week. I was putting Truth Be Told on uh, BookBub and I realised, can you believe this? I, I forgot to claim Left for Dead and Circle of Lies in BookBub, which means I missed out on the chance. I've got quite a substantial list of followers now on BookBub and I missed out on the chance to have Left for Dead and Circle of Lies promoted to my BookBub followers because I hadn't claimed the books in my profile. Can you believe that I did it with the sci-fi ones with John and James? And I did it with all the other books that I had, but I forgot to do it with the Walker Bay trilogy. Now, fortunately, I did manage to catch Truth Be Told, and that did get the BookBub you release alert to all the people who follow me on BookBub. 
but I missed it with Left for Dead and Circle of Lies. So just a reminder to you, if you haven't done this yet, when you when you have a BookBub profile, you need to claim your new books. And then BookBub, if it's a brand new book, BookBub will automatically promote it for you to the people who follow you. It's just a bit of free web traffic. And those people followed you because they've responded to an advert or they've um, bought a book through a BookBub promo. They are engaged with you at some level. So it makes all of the sense in the world to do that. So I'm kicking myself that I forgot to do that with Left 4 Dead and Circle of Lies this week. I did say that the releases continue. There's still more to come because book three in my military sci-fi series went on pre-sale this week. That's Devastation. That's the final part in my military sci-fi trilogy. And that's going to go on sale on the 31st of January. So that's all very exciting. I'm um, continuing to plod through. I don't, don't mean it's hard work. I just mean I don't have many opportunities to read it. I'm reading Incursion, which is the first part of that trilogy. Really loving the changes that John and James made to that. Again, I can't really tell what they are, but I know as I'm reading it that they must have made the changes. And they've really kind of tightened up the universe, and it re it's really benefits from this edit. It's been very interesting. Uh, th this is a, a an edit that it's really benefited from doing the collaboration with. So very pleased with that, but really enjoying it. There's a lot of laughs in it because there's a lot of banter between the Marines. And I'm, I'm reading this thing thinking, I can't believe I wrote this thing. I'm really, really quite proud of myself for writing that book. Now, you know, if it's military sci-fi and it's not your thing, you're going to hate it. But um, as a lover of military sci-fi, I'm really enjoying it and thinking, yeah, we've really got this right. This really feels right. So I'm really itching to, to write another three books in that series. And if you listen to my interview with John Evans... We, we don't know how it's going to go yet. Um, you know, I hope it's going to get a podium uh, contract, a podium deal, which will bring some money in. I think it will, you know, certainly give us all a bit of cash and, and help recover the costs very quickly. I think that will more than recover the costs. I've never had a podium deal before, but I, you know, I think there is some money involved in it. So, um, you know, I would like to, I would really like to write another three books in that series. I'm itching to do it. John James and I are meeting before Mark Dawson's event. We're meeting on the Sunday in London to discuss that. So what I'm doing at the moment is I'm reading the trilogy. I need to make notes of the changes that they've made and, and notes about the universe and the ships and all sorts of the little changes they've made. And I feel like by the time I've read all three books again, I'm going to be ready to hit the ground running. The universe will be fresh in my mind. I'm I'm sure that the next three books that I write, if we do proceed with that, it's going to be a lot easier for both of us because I barely knew their universe when I wrote these. I really very quickly read their the books that they had out at the time, the three books, and then I got writing. So I got many bits of it right, but I missed many bits. And now they've got their timeline and their universe synced up with mine. We kind of all know what we're doing now. And I just feel like it would be a crying shame not to write another three in that series. So I'm hoping that when we have that meeting in March, we'll all be up for it. And that after I've written End of Men, I will move on to a, a rapid writing trilogy, uh, you know, another sci-fi, military sci-fi trilogy. And I got that all paced out. At the moment, I got, I got it planned to write End of Men and have that done by the 17th of April. And then I've got it all uh, plotted out. I will be writing a trilogy, which I hope will be a military sci-fi trilogy. And I would write that from April up until when we go to Spain. So I would probably finish it about September so that we've got time to get ready for Spain. Uh, but it's all it's all on my weekly planning sheet. So I know I could deliver that uh, with plenty of, of wiggle room if we need it. Um, my PC. Do you remember, you've probably you know, heard me ranted in those updates about my PC causing problems. It's been a 
a nightmare. It, it only started with something that was supposed to be simple, which is that the graphics card failed. And so I got a replacement graphics card. I got a cheap, cheap 20 quid graphics card, which fixed the PC straight away. But my kids use it for gaming. And when they try to play games on, on the PC, they, they use it when I'm not using it. And uh, it didn't work. So being the wonderful father that I am, I tried to put it back so that they could use it for games. I got a different sound card off eBay. So I, I, it was the only place I could get exactly the same one that I had. And when I installed that, it did something to the partitions on the computer and then basically just screwed up my computer. Well, it's been a tale thereafter of me trying to fix it and use my limited knowledge of partitions to get it fixed. And I, I managed to fix it so it was used, but it was not quite very smooth, the login process, because of the way I'd done it. I took it to a place to get fixed. I got a 60 quid parking ticket when I did it and they didn't really fix it for me. I've been struggling with it again over Christmas. And so having got all the books out now, I thought, right, it's going in somewhere else. Actually, it's a place, a computer place. I thought it was just a computer cafe, um, uh, but they do repairs as well. So I took it in there and the guy was brilliant. He's done a brilliant repair on it. And he's 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 basically put in a 500 gig um, SSD drive um, which is what all the programs are loaded on. And in very simple, non-geeky terms, it means that they boot up a lot faster and there's loads of space on it. And for storage, I've got a brand new empty one terabyte storage uh, normal disk drive uh, that you'd normally have on a PC. And formerly, everything was on my disk. Now, let me tell you, I've never had an SSD in a, in a normal Windows PC. Um, and wow, they boot up fast. I've, I've never in my life seen Windows boot up so fast. You know, normally with Windows, you sit there looking at that little circle of dots go round and round and round and round. Well, with this SSD drive, which is just an extra drive that they put in your computer, it's no problem. It just kind of you know, plugs in and plays and they, they need to set your computer up. All my programs now launch from that drive, which is optimized. And then all my, all my stuff goes on this one terabyte disk. Now, my PC effectively will just carry on like that for another couple of years. Uh, you know, it's good to go. Um, so I'm very happy about that. It's my Secret Bunker 1 promo on Tuesday the 14th. Everything's ready to go. It's free where it needs to be free. I've checked, you know, all the outlets to make sure it's free everywhere. So we're just really waiting for the traffic to happen. I'll let you know how that goes next week and, you know, where we're making the sales. It's always nice to get a bit of activity on Google and Apple Books and Kobo. It's always nice to get some sales flowing through there. So I don't expect it to make a fortune, but it will it will be nice for cash flow. It'll bring some it'll bump, you know, cash flow um having that. But I, I don't expect it to create a lot of money. The one that I really want, the book that I really want is on my Morecambe Bay trilogy. That's the one I'm going to be really happy about if I get it, because I a first time thriller promo on a book whose stats tell me people are reading through um, should be good. Should be good on BookBub, touch wood. Uh, I just wanted to mention two things to you then before I finish this week. Thing number one is that Story Origin has a writing goal tracker now. Now, I always use uh, Scrivener. And, um, and actually, uh, I said to you that I was looking at working in the cloud. Now this computer is fixed because the reason I was saying that I might have to work in the cloud if when we go to Spain is 
that I was thinking that I might have to change the way I do my PC stuff. And if I go to Spain and I was looking at spending £1,300 on a computer, I thought, well, I might work in the cloud on a Chromebook for a while and then you know maybe postpone that purchase. So I, th- those were the thoughts in my head. Am I going to work in the cloud? But in actual fact, what I've decided is that if we go to Spain, um, my computer will just get, I'll ship it out there. I'll just ship it. We won't need to go with a lot of stuff, but I will ship the PC because it's too important for the business. So um, I, I, I've kind of moved back to not working in the cloud now. And um, so I I'll probably write this next book in Scrivener, as I have been doing for a while. It probably won't get written in the cloud as I had intended to do. But I was, um, because I was thinking of cloud apps, I was pleased to hear that Story Origin has this goal tracker now. Now, Story Origin is free at the moment. It's in beta testing. I do recommend that you take a look at it for all sorts of reasons. They've just introduced this this word count tracker. And actually, um, I signed up for it, checked it, and thought, yeah, I would use that. If I wasn't using Scrivener, I would use the Story Origin goal tracker. It just allows you to input your words, and it gives you a nice visual count-up of your words, and you can monitor your targets. So do check that out if you've got access to Story Origin. I think it's just a handy little tool if you don't use Scrivener and you just want to monitor your word counts for motivational reasons. And then the last thing from me today is in the post today came my red 50 t-shirt for Park Run. Uh, that You get the t-shirt when you've done your 55k runs. Uh, I've now completed my 50 runs. I did my 50th run on New Year's Day in Penrith. So I'm very proud to have got my 50 t-shirt. That was the first target I set myself to, to hit those 50 runs. So you've got the evidence of it now. And I will be getting my 25 volunteering T-shirt. Um, there's a couple of sessions that I can't actually volunteer at, at Carlisle. They have something called a volunteer takeover tomorrow, which means that uh, Running Club does all the slots and, and people like me uh, can't can't do them that week. So I can't volunteer tomorrow. And then we're not having one in a couple of weeks' time while they resurface the car park. So there's no park run at all. So with being able to do all the volunteer slots that I can, I will finally earn that T-shirt on Saturday, the 8th of February. So I'll also have a second T-shirt and that'll be the second of my part run targets achieved. So really looking forward to that. And uh, that, you know, that does feel like quite something. What is it? 55K runs. How many kilometers is that? It's quite a few, isn't it? And 250 kilometers? Something like that, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not really... My head's not in the right place for maths at the moment, but you know what I mean. Fifty times five k, um, but that's very pleasing anyway. And um, if I if I get time to take a picture, I'll post a picture on the show notes of me in me uh, me fifty run t shirt, which I shall be wearing at this week's park run. Speaking of which, another gentleman, another writer who also likes doing park run is Rob Scott Norton. Thanks, Rob, for your tweet this week. Um, Rob uh, has posted a picture of the Sunday roast there's Brussels sprouts in there Rob told me he doesn't like sprouts I love sprouts Rob I do like Brussels sprouts hated them as a child but loved them as an adult uh, there are pigs in blankets there which are looking oh when they're cooked they'll be delicious and there's the stuffing there as well um, and Rob has just tweeted to say listening and cooking dinner love uh, just having you on in the background telling me what you're up to let's hope that it was uh, a piece of uh, beef that was getting roasted because the uh, podcast was three hours last week so you'd have needed that to get the the meat properly roasted i would have thought uh, but thanks ever so much for your support rob and uh, hope your part runs are going well we, we have little chit chats on on twitter and social media and facebook from time to time about how our part runs are going and Tim Lewis has been out on his walks again. That's a lovely scene, Tim. Tim has been walking by a canal. Always lovely to see canals. There's a couple of barges there. It looks really pleasant. It's very, very nice and open. And Tim says, uh, breaking my podcast listening hiatus, listening to your podcast hiatus breaking episode. 
So that does make sense if you think about it. So he's been on a podcast listening hiatus and he's catching up with my hiatus episodes that I recorded while I was on hiatus. Honestly, it does make sense if you think it through. So thanks very much for that, Tim. And Tony Walsh also tweeted, uh, very bumper pull, some fantastic goals. I hope they come to fruition. Thank you, Tony, for your ongoing support. Always great to hear from you and to see your Twitter posts as well. So uh, thank you very much if you reached out and sent a note uh, around the New Year episodes. It's very nice to be back with these weekly episodes. We are, uh, I am committed now until episode 200, uh, which is May the 9th. And then I'll tell you what we're doing from May the 9th in terms of um, seasons uh, with this podcast. So thank you very much for tuning in. You'll be getting these sub hour long episodes now until 9th of May. Thank you very much for listening. I will have another regular diary update for you next Saturday. In the meantime, I hope you have a great week of writing. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.